Already sweating. Mm, all right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Tuesday Bro Tuesday. You know, it used to be a live call-in show. It might go back to that someday. But what we do nowadays is we sort of look at and unpack and discuss some of the news that's been going on as it relates to the world of vaping, the world of tobacco, tobacco control, tobacco harm reduction, you know, and the such as. First and foremost, I'm a freedom guy. Always have been registered libertarian. So that's the lens that a lot of this news is going to get viewed through. And I have a, I have a few things on deck today. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a study that was done in 2017 that CDC and NIH did where they went and evaluated the air quality in a working vape shop for two solid days. I just ran across this study. I was fascinated that this doesn't get... Uh, any more news or coverage than it did, but uh, I thought the results were pretty pretty interesting. And if we have time, I wanted to talk a little bit about how the FDA uh, is kind of, you know, playing favorites, I guess, a little bit with uh, cigars and not vape products and giving cigars a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a hand-holding through the PMTA process. But I guess... First, welcome everybody. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, Atlas Vape Co., I see your super chat there. Neil, I see you there too. We're going to get to those in a bit. But uh, I guess first and foremost, the most prominent news that happened this last week while I was laid up, you know, recovering from getting my kidney stones pulverized, I see this happening all over Twitter, is the study from Stanford. Oh, Youths, young adults, they're more susceptible, more susceptible to COVID because of vaping, directly related to vaping. You know, there might be some uh, questionable math and things going on in there. Uh, I'm very thankful to have a guest for as long as we can keep her to sort of be the subject matter expert on this. Uh, she's she's just fantastic. We talk about Michelle Mitten quite a bit. We've, we've referenced loads of what Michelle Mitten has done. She did that really great perverse psychology paper that I did the, whatever the voiceover for. She did another one that I'm going to do another voiceover for parts one and two about spreading misinformation. I just love them. So, uh, Michelle Mitten's here. Hopefully this goes smoothly. Welcome Michelle Mitten to Tuesday, bro. Tuesday. How's Michelle Mitten today? Uh, this is pretty trippy. Normally, this is the time I'd be watching Tuesday, bro, Tuesday. <laughs> I, Again, the rage sweats on camera. Yeah, it happens on camera. <laughs> I get nervous whenever I see like people like you in the chat or saying you watch Tuesday, bro, Tuesday, because then I think, well, now I, you know, now the pressure's on, you know, it's Michelle Mitten, you guys. Yeah, but I also watch fails all, all the time. <laughs> so don't worry about it too much. That's but. good. Well, Michelle, <laughs> thank you for taking time out of your day to be here. Really appreciate it. Um, if you want to give everybody a little bit of a, I've been following you on Twitter for quite a while. Uh, if you want to give everybody a little bit of background on, on what it is you do and, and who it is you are, I think that would be very cool. Yeah. So I'm a senior fellow at the Competitive Enterprise Institute, which is a thing that's described as a nonpartisan think tank, you know, people at my org, I've been there for 13 years now, and people real political spectrum from on the moral libertarian side, I'm, I'm a freedom gal, yeah. uh, libertarian, because I'm so much, I can't even stand, <laughs> <laughs> but, oh shoot, consumer issues, 
So I started off writing about, about craft beer. Oh, yeah. That's something I love. Oh, shit. And gambling, uh, online gambling. And sure that those were legal or became legal, which both are now, which is yeah. awesome. When I first started CI back in 2000, 2009, 2007, uh, you know, like, like half the office I came from my, and then over a couple of years, I watched over to vape, like the enjoys and all. And then I started regulatory threat. No way I couldn't respond to it. And it's become functionally an obsession as a science person, as someone with a background in science, I'm a nutritionist, a master's in nutrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with, Oh, shit. Hang on, Michelle. Hang on. Hang on. I'm sorry. We're getting dangle clacks all over the place. You're cutting out. I'm 100% sure it's on my end. And I have no idea why I ran so many tests earlier. So many tests. It's laggy. It's laggy and you're cutting out. Son of a bitch. I can feel the rage sweat happening. Just from this. I'm sorry, guys. Hang in there just for a second, you guys. Yeah, she disappeared. Uh, she disappeared there. Let me try to do this. Hang on, guys. This will be. This will be. This is fine. This happens all the time, you know. Uh, no. Hang on. One. Just one sec. I'll. I'll. I'll keep you on here. I'm gonna do. Oops, nope, not that. Talk amongst yourselves, you know. Yeah, I know. People are texting me. I don't know how to use OBS with uh, Zoom, so that's just what happens. There's Michelle Mitten. She's back now. Look at that. It's very unprofessional. It's just a screen capture of Skype. Wow, that's super unprofessional, Grim Green. <laughs> okay, now now this should this should be the solution. You were saying you're so libertarian you can't even register. <laughs> oh, I was saying uh that a lot of other science fields fields starting to happen in this nutrition and alcohol and others it's 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 become extra the reason is because it's such a such a narrow field there's not a lot of, it doesn't usually draw in a lot of criticism from outside of the tobacco control field the tobacco research field which is a we are seeing now a huge problem and needs to be needs to be dealt with that these these children need some oversight apparently if you have stamp that is so obviously sloppy and bad yeah, sloppy and bad. Oh, people are telling me it's still really bad. It's better to call her on a speakerphone. <laughs> well, you know, we tried, Michelle, and I think we should get credit for trying. As bad as this is turning out. Maybe we could do a pre-recorded at some point. That's probably what this should have been. Now that I think about it. 
I, it doesn't make any sense to me. It was working, I mean, flawlessly, Michelle, flawlessly. And as soon as I start streaming, it just, uh, you just turn into choppy McChoppingtons. I had no idea. My husband's the IT guy. Yeah. Maybe I'll ask him to. Yeah, ask him about that. All right. Well, I'm I'm just gonna do. We really did try. Let's try it again for serious. Everyone follow me around on Twitter, and you and I talk on Twitter there. So yeah. I mean, they're not gonna get my awesome jokes, like my live off the top of my dome jokes, but that's fine. I know we're gonna miss out on so much comedic. Uh, it's I'm really bummed out. I'm really bummed out, Michelle. Well, shit. Let's try it again. I know, and you had a beer and everything. Hey, I'm just going to go into my living room and watch you on my television. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I'm going to share some some of what you po- some of what you posted on Twitter. I'll just say this while you're here right now, and I have you. Your tweet where you said, "Pay attention, any reporter who has covered this exceptionally bad. I'm going to do your your work for you." I'm going to be sharing that and the little graphic that you put together because that really kind of helped me put together kind of what was going on with this and i've learned i've gotten some other people interested some people outside of tobacco Mm -hmm. control are now interested in looking at it some stats professionals you want to try this again next week you want to try like on on zoom do you have zoom you're good to go next i have zoom microsoft teams which sucks but i have zoom if you want to do that uh skype google hangouts all right whatever yeah well, R.I.P. this Yeah, uh, let's R.I.P. this but, uh, appearance, <laughs> Michelle. I'm very sorry. Thank you, though. Let's try it again next week for realsies. See y'all in the chat. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Michelle. Oh, you guys. That was... What the heck is even happening right now? The intro's just going again. That's fine. Look, you know, uh, it's, it's, it is time for computer upgrade, uh, 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 Robbie, there. I have a new computer on the way. I finally just pulled the trigger and I'm getting a, I'm getting a, I'm getting a new computer. I, I upgraded my internet to the fastest internet that exists. I get like 400, 500 megabits per second upload it, all the time. I mean, con- consistently. I'll even run a speed test right now if you don't believe me. Huh? Huh? If you don't believe me, let's just run a speed test right now. <laughs> blazing you missed nothing good clarity nothing good just lots of dangle clacks i was really yeah michelle mitten is a is a champion for sticking through with that yeah see right now i'm getting uh 356 megabits per second upload speeds and download speeds what's crazy is earlier today i did a i did a test with my wife and we were both on skype and we were both in the same house and we were not only both on Skype, but I was streaming it to a private link and it was smooth as, as the smoothest thing you can think of. Whatever, think of something really smooth in your head, you know, like a freshly waxed car or the top of like peanut butter when you open it, like a smooth peanut butter when you open it and it's just like so glossy smooth. That's what the stream looked like. It looked perfect. It looked perfect. Yeah, sounds like a Mac problem. It could be a Mac problem. I should have a new computer here by this weekend. I'm going to figure out how to put Zoom uh, calls in here. I know that's what she said, does Zoom, and I haven't figured that out yet. I have not figured it. Smooth as truth butter, E.B. Singh. <laughs> Smooth 
Smooth as truth butter. So let's, I guess, kind of pick up where we left off. We were talking about this. Uh, USA Today was the first place that I saw it. Let me try to pull up uh, USA Today. Yeah, USA Today was the first place I saw it. It said, uh, whoops. No, that's the chat. You want to see the chat? This is it. USA Today was the first place I saw it. We need to tell everyone, you guys, teens and young adults who vape, more risk at COVID for COVID-19. Study says, study says, and they just go into it. A new study has found that vaping links to an elevated risk of COVID-19 among teenagers and young adults only which is crazy. Why would it be teenagers and young adults only? And the first thing I could think of was, well, maybe they're, maybe they're sharing them, you know, maybe they're sharing them. Maybe it's like, Hey bro, you know, here's my puff bar, have some of my puff bar. Maybe they're sharing them. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's how it's happening. They didn't even mention that young people may believe their age protects them from contracting the virus or that they will not experience symptoms of COVID-19, but the data shows this isn't true among those who vape. Stanford researchers looked at surveys completed by more than 4,300 participants between the ages of 13 and 24 who lived throughout the country, including the District of Columbia. Uh, Results adjusted for a host of confounding factors, including age, sex, race, and ethnicity, LGBTQ status, education, body mass index, compliance with shelter-in-place orders, Basically, they came to this conclusion, and this wasn't just USA Today putting it out. This was every mainstream media news outlet was putting this out. Uh, I saw Joe Rogan tweet about this. We had Francis Collins, who's the director of the NIH, tweeting out just junk science, just just straight up junk science. Now, if Michelle Minton were still here, she, she, we could have expanded on this a little bit, but we had this little, it's just, I called this mitten, mitten math. <laughs> and I feel like it explains it eh, pretty well, at least to my knowledge. And I was hoping to have Michelle here the whole time because I'm still even a little bit kind of confused as to how they even came to this study. I, I was reading something from Reason Magazine. I wish I had I wish I had that that I could pull up. But Reason Magazine was talking about how uh, if you were a ever vapor, meaning you did it once or twice in the last 30 days, your your in your risk goes up. But if you were a frequent vapor or a frequent smoker, then your risk goes down somehow in the same study. I was hoping to get a little bit of clarification on that as well, but that's such and the such as. That's not the case. But what we have here is some mitten math. So like I alluded to earlier, let me find the tweet here again. Michelle Mitten put out a great tweet that says, uh, pay attention any reporter who has slash will cover this exceptionally bad study on COVID and e-cigarettes because I'm about to do your work for you. Image number two shows you exactly why users seem to have higher risk of testing positive for COVID-19 because more of them were tested, right? I think that's where we're ending up. Oh, Danielle's texted me. Yeah, ever vapor means ever in your life, current 
equals the last 30 days. Clarification. Ever vapor means if you've ever vaped in your life, current is within the last 30 days. So we had some, uh, we had some mitten math here. She did some math for us. Total survey participants. This is the graphic from her tweet. 4,351 people. E-cigarette users. I guess I don't need these headphones anymore. Oh, oh, that's like, good Lord. That's like someone just turned the air conditioning on. Total survey participants, 4,351 people. E-cigarette users, 2,183 people. Never users, 2,168 people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Danielle. Participants tested for COVID. E-cigarette users, 17.5% of 2,183 equals 382 people. Never users, 5.7% of 2,168 equals 124 people. You following the math here? Participants who tested COVID positive, 2.3% of that 2,100 people, 50 people, 0.8% out of the 2,168 people, 17 people, percentage that tested positive among those tested for COVID, 50 out of the 382 people, 13.1%. And this, th these are the final numbers down here. These final numbers right here. This is what we even need to be paying attention to. Vapors had a 13.1% chance of contracting COVID-19 and non-vapers had a 13.7% chance of contracting COVID-19. To me, using Michelle Mitten's math, which I trust Michelle Mitten implicitly to do this correctly, that doesn't look like uh, that doesn't look like an uptick uh, in any capacity. That doesn't look to me like a vapor has a more chance. It's the same. It's a, it's a same chance. It's a same chance. And this really, this whole study flies in the face of everything that we had been talking about recently with all of the studies being done in France and different parts of the world talking about that, well, the nicotine from cigarettes might have a protective quality for COVID-19. Smokers are drastically underrepresented in countries like France. I think France was the first place they noticed it. Smokers drastically underrepresented in, uh, in COVID-19 hospitalizations. Drastically underrepresented. What, what, what's the deal? What's the deal? It's, I don't know. If Michelle Minton were here, <laughs> we could expand on this a little bit. But I'm curious... And it's curious to me the way it all sort of happened. You know, it all seemed very uh, coordinated. Uh, Congressman uh, Raja Krishnamurthy seemed to know about the study even before it was released. It's like he had an advanced copy of the study so that he could quick send a letter to FDA asking them, oh, let's, we got to rid the market, you know, of vapor products because of this study that shows that vapors and non-smokers have the exact same chances of contracting COVID-19. This was, this felt like science for a reason. It felt like 
just it just felt wrong just felt wrong to me how they had it so quickly and how it was so calculated and how just within the matter of literally a few hours it just blew up all over the media and freaking even Joe Rogan was tweeting about it even Joe Rogan was tweeting about it Daniel Jones in the chat says they compared a number of positives tests to all participants tested they ignored the fact that since more vapors were tested, they would have more positive results. Yeah, exactly. So there were more vapors tested than non-smokers, than non-vapors tested. So then they came to the conclusion that vaping is more, it makes you more susceptible to COVID-19. That's, that's insanity to me. That's crazy to me. And, and Hamish, you're absolutely right in the chat. Hamish, it was an online survey. It was an anonymous online survey. From what I can tell, from what I understand, it was a completely anonymous online survey. Let me do a couple of these super chats. I wish I could speak to this more, but I'm I'm really in the same like, I don't even really know what's going on. The one The one thing that I do know, like Danielle Jones said in the chat, if you test more vapors than non-vapors, then yeah, of course, of course more vapors are going to test positive for COVID-19 if you're testing more vapors than you are non-vapors. Like that, but that doesn't mean it's science. That's, that's not even correlation. Correlation never equals causation. It's not even correlation there. That's crazy to me. It's just crazy to me. Felt very, uh, like I said, very coordinated, uh, very coordinated ranger man in with the super chat i pulled over to wait for the party to start uh i can at least listen until i get home all right ranger man i appreciate that thank you for pulling over your car uh sorry for all the dangle clacks atlas vape co legion sent me like a long time ago so what up you good bro look i'm doing pretty good i'll do a couple uh, little personal updates here in a, in a hot second here neil very gracious of you yo yo nick i just want to say hi Missed a few streams. Sorry, but I'll catch you on the replay this morning. Hope you're doing well after last week. Yeah, and good in the mind brain. Doing uh, pretty good in the mind brain. Pretty good in the mind brain. Uh, Dan from chat says, did they say how they actually came to these numbers? I know it was an online survey, but did they just ask random people if they vape and have COVID? Uh, Ever heard of variables? Absolutely. And you know what? That would be a, a spectacular question from Michelle Mitten. I do not know the answer to that. I do not know the answer to that. I'm assuming that if you vape, you know, do you, have you vaped ever in the last 30 days or regularly in the last 30 days? I'm assuming they had to have a distinction for that. Have you vaped, you know, yes or no ever frequently in the last 30 days? They had to have something like that, right? Danielle Jones in the chat. This type of study is also a problem. It is a cross-sectional study, meaning it cannot show causation and cannot be predictive, right? Yes, yes, 100% right, correct. Cannot show causation, cannot be predictive. That doesn't seem to matter to people like Congressman Raja Krishnamurthy. I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that name correct. Logan Exhales. Cheers you, Michelle, and yourself. Yeah, huge, 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 <laughs> huge shout out to Michelle. We're going to get her back, you know. I'm not giving up hope for Michelle Mitten on this podcast. In the few minutes 
that we were here talking, man, how much fun was that? That was, how much fun was that? That was a lot of fun. Michelle, do you want to be my co-host here on Tuesday, bro, Tuesday? We can just do, we can just do news every single week. How great would that be? Hamish, very gracious of you. Libertarians rule. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't. We don't rule anything. We don't rule much. Can't even get on the ballot in all 50 states. That's fine. Clarity, very gracious of you. Just joined. What did I miss? Not much. Just some dangle clacks. That's all you missed. Uh, Atlas again with the super chat. Hey, it's all good. We love you. Look, I, I appreciate that. It do, it's not any less defeating. And it, God, it just upsets me so much because it was working so perfectly. And I was so confident. I thought today with Michelle Mitten on talking about COVID, this is going to be the best Tuesday Bro Tuesday I've ever had. I just knew I was so confident. This is just going to be the best Tuesday Bro Tuesday I've ever had. Nope. Turns out it's going to be the most all over the place Tuesday, bro, Tuesday that I've ever had. Big Bug, very gracious of you. Didn't all this boil down to touching your face? Maybe. Could be. I don't know. The only, uh, the only clarification that I got, and I don't want to just sit here and read this whole thing because it's, it's very involved. And I'm gonna, I'll leave a description or I'll leave a link in the description to where you can check this out as well. But this was one of those things, you know, as the day that it happened, everybody was tweeting out this story, including Joe Rogan, which just really disappointed me, including the director of the NIH tweeting this out, the director of the NIH tweeting out junk science, tweeting out cross-sectional studies like this, surveys essentially, and then other people, you know, Charles Gardner and the American Vaping Association tweeting out completely contradictory tweets saying, no, they they didn't find that. What are you talking about? Well, this is one of the links that I landed on that I've been reading that, you know, I can't just sit here and read the whole thing. Research claims a link between e-cigarettes and respiratory disease, not so fast. This was put together by Don Kinkle, no idea who that is, Uh, Department of Policy Analysis and Management, Cornell University, Cornell, ever heard of it? Uh, Alan Mathios, Hua Wang, Cornell University, Andy Bernard. Uh, the U.S. and many other countries, smoking is the leading cause of preventable death. Tobacco control policies discourage teens from starting to smoke and encourage adult smokers to quit. Instead of policies focusing on abstinence from tobacco, the development of modern electronic cigarettes has renewed interest in products that reduce the harm from tobacco use. Harm reduction, such as needle exchange programs to reduce disease among intravenous drug users, is an established public health approach, but tobacco harm reduction has been controversial. And I can't sit here, obviously, and read this whole thing. I mean, I've read it. I couldn't speak to it. I mean, I've read it, but I couldn't speak to it, and it's long. We find no evidence that current reformer e-cigarette use is associated with respiratory disease. There you go. I highlighted it right there. So this comes back to the question that we're always asking on this program. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? Who can we trust? It's come to the point where you have to do a deep dive into literally everything that happens because you're going to get some sort of targeted messaging from one side or the other that wants you to believe one thing versus the other thing when really 
The truth is kind of probably neither of those things. You know, it's important to remain skeptical. Um, uh, Southern comfort. So where's the evidence? Did I miss the connection? No, you didn't. You, you didn't miss anything. You didn't miss the evidence. You didn't miss the connection. Stay hydrated, hydro homies. Kevin Mitchell in with the super chat. I got two words for you. Organized propaganda. I mean, and short of putting a tinfoil hat on my head, that's really what it felt like. Severely felt like really organized propaganda. Just a, a very orchestrated media blitz of this study. And I feel like they had to do that because... I think they know that this study didn't have much legs, didn't have many legs to run on, you know? And I think they had to do it like all at once. It's one of those, you know, plane crash type of things where, well, let's get everybody's attention real quick on this. Assume that nobody's going to do a deep dive. And by the time people can do a deep dive into this, it's already out there. The news is already out there. Joe Rogan's already tweeted about it. The damage has already been done. And by the time that people can start correcting this misinformation that happened, hopefully, just hopefully, Raja Krishnamurthy, just hopefully vapor products will be off the market by then. Uh, I can only hope that Stephen Hahn and FDA don't, don't buy into this. Don't, I hope they look at, Raja Krishnamurthy's letter to them and say, what, what are you even talking about? We looked at this data. We looked at this, that, and the other. And, uh, no, it doesn't give me much hope when the director of the NIH is tweeting this out as well. Doesn't give me much hope. Atlas Vapeco got in there with the super chat. I'm just going to say it. Uh, COVID is like cookie dough. I know the rusks. Now let me live. Sure. COVID is like cookie dough. I'm not 100% sure what that means. Wear a mask, Atlas Vape Co. Uh, C. Skyn Run. I'll never remember your name, my man. Uh, biggest gripe I have with the survey is that the researchers stated an opinion of the data, data rather than remain unbiased uh, or neutral. Yes, 100%. I don't know why it's cutting off. Yeah, my biggest gripe it was cutting off your super chat for some reason. Uh, was that the survey researcher stated an opinion of the data rather than remain unbiased and neutral, shady, and that's something that we've griped about a lot on Tuesday, bro. Tuesday, a lot is that we don't we don't just get data. You know, we don't just get bullet points. And I I have to credit Michelle Mitten for saying this. We get targeted messaging. We get a version of the truth. We don't get the truth. We get messaging. You know, it's not Scott Gottlieb didn't say 0.6% of middle school kids have become regular users of vapor products. He said there's a youth vaping epidemic. That's the messaging that we got. We didn't get numbers. We didn't get data. We didn't get truth. We didn't, you know, science is supposed to be unbiased. We didn't get any of that. We got messaging. We got Youth vaping epidemic. Ha! Reefer madness. Vaping's gonna punch your mom in the face. I've heard. I heard they did a study. I heard Stanford did a study and it showed that vaping punch your mom in the face. 
Ian, very gracious of you. Nick, check out Steve Vorbs, uh, What's Ahead, Vaping versus Tobacco on YouTube. Yes, someone just tweeted that particular, uh, I, I, it might be a video, it might be an article, uh, but yeah, absolutely, 100%. Lee. 200%. Let me get to this, uh, let, me, let me shift gears a little bit. I'm trying to leave the dangle clacks behind us. I'm trying to... Uh, the study author is associated with PAVE, I believe, Danielle Jones. What Now, see, here's where I'm going to be skeptical on you. What, what do you got to back that up, Danielle Jones? You want to come on the show? You want to jump on here? I don't even know how to get Zoom. Apparently, I don't know how to get Zoom working on here. I don't know how to get Skype working on here. I don't know how to get you on here as a guest. <laughs> Otherwise, I would. Uh, yo, yo to you, Dickie. I appreciate that. So let's shift gears just a little bit. I'm going to put the dangle clacks behind me. I'm going to wipe, wipe the truth butter off of my face. Wipe all the rage, sweat, and truth butter off of my face. You know, nothing sends me into a, uh, a, a tizzy more than technology. And I can't stress this enough. It was working perfectly before. But you know what? You just got to... Wipe your hands. You got to move on. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Wear a mask and move on. Uh, move on from that. One thing I wanted to talk about, I ran across, there's a great Instagram account. Hang on. I'm going to pimp out this Instagram account right now because uh, it's fantastic. And I don't know, I don't know who runs it, but it's uh, spectacular. Oh, Danielle Jones sent me over some evidence. All right. They're called uh, Vapor Advocate. They've got uh, 12,000 followers over there on the, uh, on the Instagram. Brightness, still too high. Still too high. You can't show a phone without the brightness being too high. Vapor Advocate. I'm going to post the link down in the description to where you can follow Vapor Advocate on Instagram. But Vapor Advocate posts some really, truly great stuff. And I came across this PDF from CDC because of Vapor Advocate. So shout out to Vapor Advocate over there on, uh, over there on the Instagram. I don't know who runs it, but uh, they're doing a great job. All right, let's see. Oh, all right. Boom. Evidence. Advisory Board of PAVE. Jonathan Avery, MD, Christopher Palmetto, PhD. This is the advisory board. Oh, Bonnie Flesher. Bonnie Flesher. She's the one at Stanford University School of Medicine, right? Bonnie Halpern Flesher. She's the one that did this. This was, this was like partly her study, right? Let's zoom in on her name here. Parents Against Vaping, she's on the Parents Against Vaping Advisory Board, and look at that, Stanford University School of Medicine. Hmm, peculiar, curiouser and curiouser. That's my best Mr. Burns impression, my best Mr. Burns impression. Interesting, I, I then that name rings a bell to me. I know she is very staunchly anti-vaping, incredibly staunchly anti-vaping. I don't know who upset Bonnie Halpern Flesher PhD, but someone did. Maybe she caught her kid vaping. 
I don't know, someone upset her. Sanford University School of Medicine that just so happens to be where this study came from is an advisor for Parents Against Vaping. And I must say, I didn't realize Parents Against Vaping had this like really uh, website, this really put together website, See Through the Smoke. Insiv, you guys, insiv. It's not smoke, it's vapor. The e-cig industry wants to hook your kids. Yeah, we, we definitely do. We want to hook them. We want to hook them to harmless nicotine. <laughs> we don't want to hook your fucking kids. Get your kids away from us. Keep your kids as far away from us as you possibly can. We don't want to hook your stupid kids. Your mission. Oh, wow. This is, I've never been to this website. Parents Against Vaping E-Cigarettes. Oh, Parents Against... Oh, so I didn't know that it was Parents Against Vaping E-Cigarettes. So they're only against e-cigarettes. They're not against vaping cannabis. They're not against any other types of vaporizing, just vaping e-cigarettes. National Advocacy and Education Organization powered by parent volunteers fighting to protect your kids from the dangers of flavored e-cigarettes. Still waiting for anybody to tell me what those dangers are. I mean, I haven't heard those dangers. Yeah, Pave was at the White House listening session. So was Greg Conley. That's fine. Of course, they retweeted Congressman Raja Krishnamurthy's tweet. Of course they did. It's time to rid uh, the market. Rid the market, Congressman. I don't want to look at you. Go away. Look at this. Who The only people showing youths vaping are anti-vapers. That's in, that is crazy to me. That's unbelievable to me. The grant for the study was assigned to Stanton Glantz. Wait, what, Michelle Minton? Is that real too? Man, I really wish technology got along with me today. We would be having a great... This, this, this stream would be at least five to ten times more entertaining. At least five to ten times more entertaining and more informal than me just sitting here looking at the parent... Pave Toolkit. Should we really dig into this? I'm going to have to change the thumbnail now. Oh, the toolkit doesn't exist. Pave. What a freaking bummer. Goodreads. Jewel files key FDA application to keep selling e-cigarettes. That's a good read. Our letter to the FDA about Puff Bar. And they really hate Jewel. All right. Spectacular. Well, so there's a connection there's definitely a connection between PAVE, Parents Against Vaping E-Cigarettes, and this Stanford study that happened that does not show that vaping young vapors and young adult vapors are at any greater risk of contracting COVID-19 than just whatever, normal non-vapor Dave guy. And this is a... Just a terrible pod. Sorry. I need to vape. I'm getting all riled up. I need to have a vape here. Let me do a couple of these uh, super chats here. Uh, yes, Ian, thank you for that. Uh, Forbes, we're gonna be, I'm going to be checking that out. Chasing clouds and flavor reviews. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. <laughs> Get some two fours and fix the damn ceiling. 
Uh, we can't lie here and take what's being served. Stay cloudy. We can't. We can't lay here and take what's being served. I agree with you, Chasing Clouds. Where is the outrage about child-friendly alcohol, Ranger Man? You know what? That would be a really fantastic question. I think that my, my theory around this is... My theory around this is that you're never going to see parents against flavored alcohol or parents against alcohol because parents, what, drink wine, drink beer, drink Warheads and donut flavored liquor and beer and alcohol and birthday cake flavored vodka and Captain Morgan coconut parrot bay rum. They're not going to go after that because they consume it themselves. I doubt anybody on the PAVE board or anybody involved with PAVE is has ever been a smoker or has ever tried to quit smoking or has ever been a vapor. That's just not it. To them, our lives don't matter because we decided to do this ourselves, you know? I think one of the things that really upsets the antis is that we enjoy it, that we were able to quit smoking so easily, so effortlessly, accidentally in some cases. I think you will never see that because they enjoy it because they enjoy alcohol. And it's the same, uh, thank you, Ian Thomas, appreciate that. Stay hydrated, Hydro Homies. And I don't, one of the things I'll never understand is why to buy a large, large handle of Captain Morgan Coconut Rum Parrot Bay liquor, all you need is an ID. That's all you need. You just need to prove you're 21 and then they'll sell you however much alcohol you want. I don't know, in California, you can get, what, two, three, four handles of liquor? As long as you're over age, welcome to America. Buy as much as you want. It's not like that everywhere. And some places like California, you know, between 2 and like 6 a.m., you're not allowed to buy alcohol. Bars close at 2. If you're in Nevada, it's like a 24-7 thing. I remember going to Las Vegas, and it's like 5 in the morning, and you're just drinking rum and Cokes because you're of age, You're allowed. The only thing between a youth and a large bottle of flavored liquor is an ID. The only thing between a youth and a nicotine vape is an ID. But that's not good enough. They need to be banned, you guys. That's not enough. (laughs) They need to be banned. You will never hear for a call to ban flavored alcohol, at least not yet. Christopher, very gracious of you. You need to collaborate with a company and produce an advocacy mech tube mod. I would pay damn good money for that. Um, we, uh, Yeah, I mean, that's a great idea. I, I partnered with uh, BMI back uh, when they were beast mode, back when they were making mods, and we did the uh, Grim Army Kassaw fundraiser edition. We raised something like six, $7,000 for Kassaw based on the sales of those mods. Went pretty good went pretty great. Uh, I would love to do it again. You know, it's just, uh, it's just, 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 guess just a matter of doing it. Anybody, any manufacturers watching, you want to collab on a mod and we'll give some money to advocacy. Let's do it. I'm on board. Uh, bug house, you did big house. You, you didn't say nothing. You didn't have to. I appreciate that. Uh, Joseph, very gracious of you. It's a lie, but so what exactly it's, it's, complete junk science, but so what? 
I didn't even get to play the whole Governor Cuomo thing. Man, that really bums me out. Okay, so what I want to do right now is I want to shift gears a little bit, and I would like to talk a little bit. Actually, let me do this first. Let me do this first. I want to read this. Oh, dang. So what? I want to, I didn't even load it in here. See, that's how, that's how unprepared I was. I was really prepared to spend some time with Michelle Minton and that's okay. Um, getting to be election season, you know, it's, it's been election season for a while here and I, and I've always told you on this YouTube, I'm never going to tell you who to vote for. I'm only going to tell you to vote your hopes, vote your hopes. Me personally, like I said, libertarian, going to be voting for Joe Jorgensen. Remember that if you're a Democrat in a predominantly red state, your vote doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't count. If you're a Republican in an, in a, oh, in a very blue, blue state, your vote doesn't count. Your, it just doesn't count. Remember that. <laughs> Remember that. Vote your hopes. If anybody's wondering, uh, Paul Blair, our old friend Paul Blair, old conservative Paul Blair, where does Kamala Harris stand on vaping? Well, she attacked President Trump in January for not banning all flavored e-cigarettes and nicotine vapor products. She is an extreme militant prohibitionist on the question of tobacco harm reduction. And that leads us to this particular article. Harris and the, the wonderful, the mummy, Diane Feinstein, 97 years young, Diane Feinstein, slams FDA e-cigarette policy riddled with loopholes for flavors that appeal to children. Now, here's where we could talk about the damage already being done. I'm not going to sit here and read this whole thing, but uh, Kamala Harris, Dianne Feinstein, uh, Senator Patty Murray, uh, and their Senate colleagues send a letter to the Food and Drug Administration, Dr. Stephen Hahn, criticizing the FDA's decision to break the Trump administration's promise. Don't forget... Trump administration promised to clear all non-tobacco flavored e-cigarettes from the market by announcing a weak policy that includes huge exceptions regarding the menthol flavored products and many flavored e-liquids that are not in a cartridge. So they're upset. So <laughs> Kamala what? Harris, whoops, so what? Yeah, they're upset. So what? They're upset that Trump's Food and Drug Administration left exemptions for products that youths aren't even using. We, do we just ignore all of the data from the National Youth Tobacco Survey? Apparently, this is where we get into the narrative is out there and the damage has already been done. Everybody in America already thinks that it's the reason that youths are vaping is flavors, right? The flavors appeal to kids. And for the average, you know, non-vapor, non-smoker, non, you know, smoking person that's just everyday average Dave guy who's just out there listening to the news going, oh yeah, it kind of makes sense in your head. You think, oh yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense to me. If the, if the nicotine in these e-cigarettes is flavored like uh, strawberry unicorn poop, then shit, I could see how that would appeal to a kid, a kid. That must be why they're vaping. Despite what the evidence says, curiosity, by the way, but we all knew that it kind of makes sense. And that's how, that's how it gets out there. And that's how the damage is already done. And that's how the damage is already done from this Stanford study. And it will take, I mean, good Lord, forever, 
forever to get things like that reversed. Forever to get things like that reversed. Appeal to children. Today I learned that Kamala Harris uh, and Dianne Feinstein don't know anything about vaping, don't know anything about flavors, don't know anything about tobacco harm reduction. Joe Biden said the same thing. And don't forget, you know, this isn't, I always mention this on Tuesday, bro, Tuesday, just because I feel the need to. This isn't a partisan issue. This is Melania Trump started all of this. Hang on. Let me show you this. This is something I can show you. This is something I can show you. Uh, Melania Trump started all of this. I am deeply concerned about the growing epidemic of e-cigarette use in our children. We need to do all we can to protect the public from tobacco-related disease and death and prevent e-cigarettes from becoming an on-ramp to nicotine addiction for a generation of youth. This tweet is the tweet that started all of this. All of this. This is why we rallied in September. All of this. Joe Biden said he would uh, pull everything off of the market. Kamala Harris is quite the, uh, am I saying her name right? Am I saying that right? Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris. I've heard some people say Kamala and I've heard some people say Kamala, 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 Kamala. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I just don't know how to pronounce her name. Kamala and the the corpse, the mummy, Diane Feinstein, prohibitionists. Prohibitionists. Does prohibition ever work? Answer riddle me that, Batman. Does prohibition ever work? Um had another article here from uh Vapen 360. Good old Jim McDonald here at Vapen 360. FDA plans to defer PMTA enforcement for some cigars. Just not vapes. In a letter to U.S. District Court Judge Paul Grimm, the FDA has requested permission to defer PMTA enforcement against manufacturers of premium cigars but not vaping products. The deadline to submit pre-market tobacco applications for all deemed tobacco products, including cigars and vapor products, is September 9th. The letter, dated August 5th, was signed by Department of Justice attorneys working on behalf of FDA. Because the judge had granted the FDA the ability to exempt products from the application requirements on a case-by-case basis, the agency is now proposing that individual cigar manufacturers be allowed to submit requests for deferral. Combustion cigars are going to be uh, possibly exempted from the PMTA requirements? Cigars, combustible tobacco doesn't have to prove that they're a net benefit to public health to stay on the market. Don't have to prove it, but the six milligram clean nicotine divorced from tobacco that I vape in this has to prove through you know millions of pages and millions of dollars that it's a net benefit to public health. But it turns out, wow, cigars, they might not need to. They, they might not need to. Open Systems, the products least used by youth but most at risk of being banned by the FDA, 
will continue to be sold, but in new illicit markets with limited or no safety controls instead of in regulated vape shops. So does this mean that websites after the PMTA goes through and we, we all become the black market, we all become like the gray market. Now, now because of that, because we're an illicit market, now we don't even need to bother to follow the rules, right? So we can just make e-liquid with diacetyl in it again, even though we self-regulated that out of our industry. We can, we can do it again because we're the illicit market. We don't need age verification on our websites anymore because we're the illicit market. That means we don't have to follow the rules. Is that what that means? I feel like that's what that means. That's, I feel like that's what that means. The agency also said a large number of PMTA submissions by cigar manufacturers would prevent regulators from focusing on review of vaping product applications. What? That just seems like the biggest, that just seems like the biggest cop out of all time. The, the biggest lark, is it the biggest cop out of all time? Well, technically, yes, but. So what? Biggest cop out of all time. Oh, there'd just be too many applications, you guys. Too many applications, too many cigar manufacturers. They'd clog up the system. <laughs> so just whatever, I guess my solution to this is, I don't know, just give them a free pass. We really gotta, <laughs> we really gotta focus on those vaping product applications. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What did Greg Connolly have to say about it on Twitter? FDA may finally be recognizing that the PMT, PMTA process is too complicated and costly for small businesses with hundreds or, hundreds or thousands of SKUs so long as your small business makes premium cigars and not vaping products. They, so Here's the what? thing. <laughs> That, that so what was a complete accident. That so what was a complete accident. Yeah, you feel the rage sweat happening, Chip? I feel the rage sweat happening too. It says FDA must get permission from Judge Grimm for any changes to PMTA enforcement because Grimm ruled against the agency last year in a lawsuit brought by a group of anti-vaping organizations led by the American Academy of Pediatrics. The plaintiffs had challenged the FDA's 2017 postponement of the PMTA deadline until 2022 based on administrative requirements. Grimm set the new deadline in federal appeals court upheld the decision earlier this year. The anti-tobacco plaintiffs opposed the FDA's plan to exempt premium cigar manufacturers from PMTA enforcement, according to the letter from the agency, and will respond to the judge themselves by August 17th. The plaintiffs... Oh, oh, who's pushing for this campaign for tobacco free freaking kids campaign for the tobacco campaign for tobacco free kids <laughs> campaign for tobacco free kids campaign for tobacco free kids. So uh, that's a thing that's happening. Looks like that some uh, cigar manufacturers you know, they're just going to be exempt. They're just going to be exempt from the PMTA part, from the PMTA pathway, from the PMTA process. Combustible tobacco can just stay on the market. Stay on the market. 
If that's not enough to give you rage sweat, you got to go to bed, Steve W. I appreciate you coming out, watching this uh, really off-the-cuff Tuesday, bro, Tuesday. I'm usually much more organized than this. Yeah. Tobacco plus kids equal angry Karens. That's, you know, it's the same people, right? It's the same people. It's like anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers, angry Karens, the anti-vapers. I feel like they're all just part of the same like crazy, weird, gelatinous blob of anger. They're all the same person. They're all just going to merge like the Constructicons and form Devastator and then just... I caught my kid vaping, so it's... Whose fault would it be? No, it's got to be Jules' fault. Yeah, it's got to be Puff Bar's fault. It's got to be the FDA's fault. It's got to be the government's fault. It's got to be everybody's fault but my own. Everybody's fault but my own. If, if your dumb kid got caught drinking liquor, it would be your fault. Parents used to say, where did we go wrong? How did Timmy turn out like this? We mu- where, where did we go wrong as parents to make Timmy drink alcohol? Now, if Timmy gets caught with a vapor product, they don't say, where did we go wrong as parents to make Timmy start vaping? The blame go- just shifts to everybody else. It's your fault. It's your fault, Southern Comfort. I don't know how, but but, it, but it's your fault. Yeah, I agree with you, Danielle Jones. That's a hard conversation to have, though, about secondhand smoke. We used we used terrible science to justify smoking bans. We used terrible science, secondhand smoke science, to justify smoking bans. But you're right. That is a longer conversation. Danielle Jones, do you want to come on uh, Tuesday, bro, Tuesday at some point? We can talk about secondhand smoke. Because I agree with you. Uh, here's one more thing. I, I'm going to read this. Let's read that. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this before we talk about... Uh, oh, shit. What should I do? How should we, how, Which direction should we go here? Should we go with CDC? All right. Let's go with CDC. So CDC in 2017, not just CDC, but... The Department of Health and Human Services, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, also known as, my, it's my favorite acronym, NIOSH. Don't you just love saying that? NIOSH. Love, I just, everybody say that. NIOSH, right? NIOSH. Yeah, it was glance on the secondhand smoke thing. I vote we start a new stream. Tuesday Bro Tuesday is going to be me and Danielle and Michelle. And then we can just all rag on. We can just rag on Stanton Glance. Just throwing that out there, you guys. Just throwing that out there. So in 2017, CDC, Department of Health and Human Services, and NIOSH did a health hazard evaluation program on vape shops. On vape shops. What they did is they went to a vape shop in January of 2016. They collected air samples for flavoring chemicals, including uh, diacetyl, including, uh, how is this pronounced? Pantan- pantanidin, pantanidin, 
Pantanidone? Pantanidone. Pantanidone. I think that's pronounced Pantanidone. Pantanidone. Hexanidone. Acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde. I have this pulled up. Acetaldehyde. They basically went into a vape shop looking for everything that could possibly be bad for you to inhale in a vape shop. They wiped for samples of nicotine and metals on commonly touched surfaces. Here's what they found. Employees vaped at work. Yeah, sure. Concentration. I'm going to zoom in on this because this is good stuff. Concentrations of vaping-related chemicals in our air samples were below occupational exposure limits. In a vape shop, NIOSH, in a vape shop, and if you've ever been to a vape shop or at least, you know, in the heydays of a vape shop, it was just, it was like walking into a vape event. It was just clouds lingering in the air, just fog everywhere. You know, you're trying to like see through the mist and make your way to like the the counter so you can, you know, meet, greet the person working there, just a hazy cloud of everything and employees vaping while they work and people sitting at the juice tasting bar and just vaping and vaping and vaping. And a lot of these vape shops had like vape lounges, right? Where people just would go and just sit and just vape. Man, I miss vape shops. People would just go and just sit and just vape. Not all employees wore chemical protective gloves when they were working with liquids that contained nicotine. That's Sure, I guess that's a thing. Uh, I sh- Should the employees be doing that? I don't know, maybe, right? I don't do it at home. I don't glove up uh, every time I drip. The bottle of stock nicotine solution was stored in the same refrigerator used to store employees' food. I do want to point out that it was stored below any food. It was, uh, it was stored on the, towards the bottom there. Implement uh, what the employer can do. So basically they found uh, nothing. I'm going to scroll down here as well. I'm going to scroll down here and show you exactly what they did and did not find because this is a huge, fascinating document. They go into a little bit of background about what vaping is. They talk about some liquids or e-juice uh, what they're comprised of, propylene glycol, vegetable glycerin, nicotine, flavoring, chemicals. Uh, chemicals that are in vaping include, you know, uh, diacetyl, could contain diacetyl, even though there, there's no there's no liquids that contain diacetyl, right? I haven't seen one in years, years and years and years that could possibly contain diacetyl, but I could be wrong. Um Talks about how the vape shop uh, buys wholesale liquid and resells it to the customers. And the vape shop also mixes their own sort of in-house e-liquid, you know, in the shop, you know, house juice. I miss the old vape when, vape lounges as well, wet work. I really do. I wish I could just open, you know, if, if I could somehow make money from it, I'd just open a lounge where you just come, come hang out. We got air conditioning. We got a record player. Got some beverages, got what? Maybe some Fanta on tap, have some coffee, and sit and just vape and associate, you know, like a club, like a, like a vapor club. At least it was in the fridge, right, Duncan? 
At least it was in the fridge. In this, they talk about the methods that they used for uh, air sampling. They have a, a picture here of uh, this fella from NIOSH setting up his air sampling thing. He's got pictures of the, you know, this is where the lounge is type of thing. They talk about the flavorings. Um, formaldehyde in the air. They tested for formaldehyde in the air, which, spoiler alert, not detectable. They searched for nicotine in the air, which, spoiler alert, uh, there was some. Uh, they searched for propylene glycol in the air, which, spoiler alert, there was some propylene glycol in the air. They searched for other volatile organic compounds in the air. They wiped down surfaces. So let's get down here. Let's get down here to the results, right? Let's get down here to the results. Now, these are this is even the boring results. Okay, here's the picture of the... Uh, of the nicotine being stored in, uh, I believe that's the crisper drawer. Is that where you're supposed to store nicotine? Store nicotine in the crisper drawer. There's no chance of cross-contamination. I mean, that's what they uh, that's what they tell you to do. They tell you to put, you know, fish and poultry below vegetables, you know, put, put fish and poultry and meats underneath at the bottom, you know, so there's no chance of juices, turkey juices, turkey juices? Yeah, sure. Turkey juices, chicken juices, you know, dripping down onto other consumables and things like that. So I feel like that's they, they were doing that correctly. You know, I felt like they were doing that, uh, doing that correctly. So air sampling results. Whoops. <laughs> air sampling results. Flavoring chemicals in the air. Uh, and this is a, you know, this is a big, uh, graph here, a big table, as they say. Uh, it says, none of the personal air samples for the flavoring chemicals were above an eight-hour time weighted occupational exposure limit. The lowest OEL for these chemicals was the NIOSH recommended exposure limit of five parts per billion for diacetyl, 9.3 parts per billion for pantanidian, pantanidin, Pantanidin. And then it goes into much more detail here. They were there over the two days. So most everything that they were looking for, diacetyl, pantanidin, hexanidin, acetaldehyde, acetaldehyde were either well below NIOSH's recommended exposure limits or not detectable at all. Not detectable at all. Formaldehyde in the air. Yeah, formaldehyde in the air. 3.8 parts per billion. Not detectable here. 7 parts per billion, which is well below NIOSH, well below OSHA. OSHA, you can have up to 750 parts per billion of formaldehyde in the air before they say, well, you should probably wear, you know, you should probably wear a respirator. You should probably wear a respirator there. Table five. Uh, yeah, that okay. Nicotine in the air. Here we go. Table six represents the results for nicotine area air samples. Nicotine was not detected in the air in the lounge area at the juice bar. Airborne nicotine concentrations were detectable, but below the minimum quantifiable concentration. Now, 
This alone blows the secondhand vapor sort of myth, I guess, in my opinion, completely out of the water. Completely out of the water. We used, like I was mentioning earlier, we used terrible science to justify smoking bans, secondhand smoking and things like this. Terrible science to do that. Thanks again to Stanton Glantz. And they're using, again, no science, as far as I can tell, to justify this secondhand vapor thing. And maybe you guys haven't seen any secondhand vapor stuff. Living in California, where it seems that they hate vaping, I don't know, all, whatever the most that you can hate vaping is, is here in California. Sorry, vape break. In California, the California Department of Public Health, uh, there were posters, there were big billboards. Uh, I remember seeing television commercials about this. And the idea behind these, these, this ad campaign from the Department of Public Health was they wanted uh, people living in apartments to sort of like, you know, snitch on their other apartment dwellers who might have been vaping inside their apartments. I remember they had this this like cross section. It looked like an apartment building and it's like happy family living in this apartment down here and then ew, dirty vapors living in this apartment down here. And California Department of Public Health was actually making the argument that if I'm vaping in my apartment, right? Just me, just Nick vaping in my apartment, that that vapor would somehow go into my neighbor's apartment through the walls somehow, osmosis, don't know. Osmosis through the cracks in the walls and could damage their lungs. That's what the California Department of Public Health was saying. Looking at this CDC study that was done in 2017, even at the juice bar in a vape shop where I'm assuming there's people lined up just vaping, you know, trying all sorts of flavors. It's like trying custards and menthols and strawberry somethings where there's constant frequent vaping going on. They found detectable levels of nicotine, but well below the NIOSH and OSHA standards for workplace, you know, nicotine in the air minimum below minimum quantifiable concentration. How does the Department of Public Health in California get it? That's like, that's like saying this knife closed sitting on my desk can somehow cut my wife in the other room. And people just ate it up just ate it up. You start secondhand vapor, secondhand vapor. It's a thing. It's not a thing. Don't let anybody tell you that secondhand vapor is a thing that's going to affect you in any capacity whatsoever. Now don't, uh, I know it's vape. It's not a meth lab, Patrick. Now don't, you know, vape and don't vape in public. Don't, you know, be aware of your surroundings. Don't, you know, I'm, I don't go in public anymore. I don't think, I feel like not a lot of us are going in public anymore. I, don't, I go once a week down to Hollywood to check my, to check my mail and that's about it. And even then I just vape in my car. I don't, 
I don't vape outside. I don't feel the need to. But when I was going in public, if I vaped somewhere, like once upon a time, oh God, remember, remember, remember the times before COVID, you guys? My wife and I, we would go to uh, the Grove, the Grove Farmers Market in uh, in in near not near downtown L.A. but like South Hollywood, L.A. down to the Grove. I go to the farmers market, get some paninis, you know, maybe get some some freshly made kettle corn, and it was just great. You could walk around there, and I'd have like maybe something like a pod with me, I don't know, and you just discreetly vape you know don't don't blow it in people's faces have a little vape it's whatever hold it in maybe maybe blow it out blow it upwards because of secondhand vape oh pub use bans public use bans that's where these public use bans come from the worry of secondhand vape that that secondhand vapor despite the evidence <laughs> Despite what the evidence says, that that secondhand vapor can somehow get to you, go in your lungs, I don't know, damage them in some way. Despite what the evidence says, it's it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. I got truth butter and rage sweat coming out of every pore on my face right now. It's bananas to me. It's bananas to me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a link down in the description. Uh, shout out to again, Vapor Advocate over there on the Instagrams. I don't know who that is. If you tell me who you are, I'll give you a proper shout out. But I'll put a link in the description to this PDF, the evaluation of chemical exposure at a vape shop that was done in 2017, where they found essentially nothing. Essentially zero. Essentially zero. Don't let anybody tell you that secondhand vape is a thing because it's not a thing. Oh, David R., I vape at stoplights all the time. That's one thing that I definitely, definitely do. I like to cloud chase in my car. I'm a car cloud chaser. I chase clouds in my car with the windows up. And then when I get to a stoplight, I just roll my window down and just, just clouds come out. I don't really do that. I do actually kind of do that sometimes. I'll post a link down in the description to where you can read this. Uh, and the last, the very last thing, fucking Francis Collins, unbelievable. The very last thing I wanted to read, I'm going to leave you guys here with this. Uh, this, is a, this was a thread from, uh, from Paul Blair. And I don't know who follows Paul Blair. You know, Paul Blair is one of those guys I really like, but I don't necessarily follow everything he says or believe everything he says or take very, you know, take stock in everything he says. I'm a person that firmly believes in getting information from a wide variety of sources, people you might agree with, people you might disagree with. You know, it's like, uh, it's, just, it's how I feel about Steven Crowder. I don't necessarily agree with everything that Steven Crowder says, but I agree with some of the things he says and the things that he says that I don't agree with, uh, you know, that challenges me, that it challenges me. It makes me want to look into it more. It makes me want to do a deep dive. It challenges what I think and what I feel about things and how I feel about things. I think it's important to get news and information from people that you might not necessarily agree with 100% of the time because then it just becomes an echo chamber, you know? You just, you keep hearing 
these positive reinforcements, the dopamine's just flowing in your brain. You're like, yes, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And that's that's how PAVE seems to me. That's how a lot of these Karens seem to me. They just get on their anti-masking Facebook groups and they just rant and rave about anti-masking and it just reinforces their wacky, nutty ideas. And they don't get any challenging data or information from anybody else. And Paul Blair's one of those guys, you know? I agree with Paul Blair like, 75% of the time, maybe 75% of the time. So before we end this Tuesday, bro, Tuesday, I'm going to read you a quick thing from, uh, from Paul Blair, but I wanted to see if there were any more super chats, Southern comfort sitting here waiting for you to get as rage as me. Yeah. It was a real ragey day here on Tuesday, bro, Tuesday, mostly technology based, you know, maybe I'm getting just I get so desensitized to bad vape information that, I mean, it makes me upset for like a few minutes and then I just go, all right, well, how, you know, how do I talk about this? Let's put this on Tuesday, bro, Tuesday. Let's put it on a vlog. Let's communicate it. Let's, you know, let's see what Charles Gardner had to say about it. Let's see what Michelle Mitten had to say about it. Let's see what the AVA had to say about it. Let's see what, you know, some of these other advocates. Let's see what Carl Phillips had to say about it. Carl Phillips isn't a guy I normally agree with 100% of the time either, but he's got some some pretty good insights on uh, the tobacco control world. Let's see what this person had to say about it. Let's let's do it. Let's gather the information. Let's try to get to the bottom of this. Let's try to get to the facts of this. You know, you kind of have to as ragey as I get, you kind of just have to put your emotions to the side at some point. Like don't ignore it. Be mad. You know, that's what fuels me. That's what motivates me be mad. But when you're trying to look at something and you're trying to get to the bottom of something and discover the the real truth of it, you can't let your rage get in the way of that. You can't let your rage get in the way of that. Uh, Alienware. Yes. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, I'm going to have a video for the geyser. I don't know. I might shoot this video tomorrow. This is just, how is this simultaneously one of the best and worst things that has ever existed in vaping. It is just a monstrosity of over-engineering and, but it vapes so well. I cannot complain about the way that it vapes because it vapes so good. Yeah, it vapes so good. Um, so thank you, Southern Comfort. I appreciate that. Friction. Uh, secondhand vapor is air morons. Yeah, it is. You know, it is, it's, it's mostly just air. And, you know, like I said, that doesn't mean that you, we should just be vaping all over the place and just, you know, civil disobedience, just vaping all over the place. Like I remember back in the day, it would make me so enraged. I would see these videos on Instagram of dudes doing like trick runs down the Walmart aisle. And I'm thinking, what the, what the shit are you doing, man? Have your brains fallen out? Like what the fuck do you think you're doing there? That is the, that is, that's the worst idea that I've seen a human have in a really long time. Just dudes doing these trick runs down the aisle of a Walmart. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, the indoors. Hey, Nick, I've been watching you since 2016. Love your content. And I have a question. Why does secondhand only count for vapes and not cigarettes? Oh, it does. Secondhand, uh, yeah. S secondhand smoke 
everybody talks about secondhand smoke. The majority of the people talk about secondhand smoke have no idea what they're talking about. Again, we used horrible. Let's talk about this next week. I, I have a few resources I can go to and I have one particular study that I ran across. We used horrible science for smoking bans based on secondhand smoke, secondhand smoke. Uh, Chinese Jimmy from the chat. Very gracious of you. If masks really worked, uh, they would try to ban them just like vaping. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I mean, that's not, that's not the thing. They don't have anything to gain monetarily by banning masks. They have things to gain monetarily. Big pharmaceuticals has things to gain monetarily by pushing for anti-vape legislation. Masks really do work. I don't know if I have any mask skeptics in here, but they definitely do work. And I explained this before with sneezing. You don't just walk up to somebody and sneeze in their face. You cover your mouth, right? That keeps the droplets away from your mouth. And here's, let me just play devil's advocate for a second. If all of the infectious disease experts are wrong, somehow, somehow all of the infectious disease experts are wrong, the most that you were put out was that you had to wear a cloth over your face for a little while. That's the most that you were put out was that when you're out of your house and you're in public and you're going to the Ralph's grocery store, you had to put a a piece of cloth over your face for a little while. That's the most. (laughs) That's the most that you've been, uh, you know, (laughs) that you've been put out. For years, here we go. We're going to end this Tuesday bow. Tuesday bow? Who's bow? No idea. Tuesday, bro, Tuesday. We're going to end this Tuesday, bro, Tuesday with a little bit of a thread read from Paul Blair. Eh, I guess it's actually kind of long. This is actually, this is just really, really good. This is just really very good. And I forgot that he did this. And this is from uh, September 20th, 2019. Paul Blair, everybody. For years, vaping has been joked about as some weird hobby of hipsters in big cities. Here is a little bit of why I, a non-vapor and never smoker who works for a political taxpayer organization, have been so engaged on this issue for years. A thread. I first learned about this issue soon after I started doing state work at Americans for Tax Reform in 2013. We saw Oklahoma and South Carolina consider new excise taxes threatened on these products. We were natural allies because we oppose any and all tax hikes. So we engaged. In 2014, we learned about these vape conventions and trade shows that were happening all over the place. I asked someone in the e-cig industry if they could suggest that I go to one or two. They suggested shows in Miami and Southern California. Grover Norquist, who also works for Americans for Tax Reform, he said, go for it. Miami, 5,000 adult consumers at the World Vapor Expo. I wasn't there. This was the first real experience with vapors. Most were Democrats. Most were brand new to entrepreneurship. Many were confused as to why I was there. I never wore a suit to one of these things ever again. California, 30,000 adult consumers and 2,000 businesses that I had never heard of before. I thought, Something is going on here, and it's kind of cool. Also, there were little people throwing free samples at people, and that was interesting. Vapors have always been eclectic. 
Then, the Washington government proposed a 95% tax on the last weekend before session ended. More than 3,000, 3,000, sorry, more than 300 vapors showed up to protest. This was organic. The tax hike would have only made the state a few million bucks. Small potatoes and state budget fights, that's when I thought politics. Over the next year, I met thousands of consumers and businesses. I spent hours talking to these people about their backgrounds. We talked politics. We talked tax policy. We talked about their improving health. I was so intrigued. I didn't spend many weekends at home. No one else was seeing what I saw. No other policy organization or think tank understood what was happening. A coalition of people who didn't want tax hikes on products they were using to help smokers quit were becoming radically outraged at government for wanting money from them. I was running with it in 2015. Evidence began to come out of Europe that e-cigarettes are much less harmful than cigarettes to consumers who switch from cigarettes. I substantiated what I was hearing from these people across the country. 30 states tried taxing these products. Most of the efforts were unsuccessful. These consumers were being told that vaping wasn't better than smoking. Those same people became increasingly suspicious of government. They were becoming libertarians as far as I saw it. Vote gold. I was introducing... Paul Blair didn't say that. Paul Blair's not going to tell you to vote gold. I was introducing the new business to more sophisticated political community. We needed to get these guys better at lobbying. We needed to get them to meet politicians before they were on the chopping block. 2015 to 2016 included a lot of that for me, introducing a lot of people. A lot of businesses were making a lot of money helping smokers quit. It was really cool to see. Then everything changed in May of 2016 when the Obama administration changed the definition of a tobacco product and put this industry on a path towards prohibition in 2018. We organized businesses and consumers nationwide. I flew to more than 60 congressional districts that summer, that summer, helping vape shop owners and consumers talk to their members of Congress and district on behalf of their shops and tell their stories. That was fun, traveled all over. We needed Congress to intervene in the Obama administration's efforts because the FDA had put a halt on the introduction of any new products. It was devastating for innovation. Innovation is what improved the smoker experience in terms of helping them quit and flavors. The summer of 2016 was craziness, was the crazies of my professional life to a point. I was all over the place, meeting congressional staff at home with vape shops up the street from these offices. I sat in these meetings explaining the regulations while businesses explained the economics. It was such a cool experience for me and nobody, a nobody policy guy from DC Honestly, it was humbling. I can't tell you how many of these folks I've seen crying, telling their stories about quitting smoking and just wanting to help other people do the same thing. Man, that's a good sentence, Paul Blair. Man, that's a good sentence. As far as I'm concerned, that's all the vape industry has ever been about to me. Quitting smoking and wanting to help other people do the same thing. If you don't understand the politics of vaping, it's because you've never spoken to a vape shop owner. It's because you've never spoken to someone who smoked cigarettes for 30 years, wanted to quit, and never could until they found just the right flavored e-cigarette. We knew these people were political, so we polled it. Nationally, we looked at how strong their political beliefs were about this issue. It was overwhelming. 
four out of five were single issue voters on this issue. Numbers were off the charts on policy questions related to vaping. So we began to make the argument that this was the biggest underground political constituency in America. We are the biggest underground political constituency in America. I'm telling you, look, I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden. What, let me pose the question. What would you do if Joe Biden and, and, and Kamala Harris suddenly next week just came out and said, we support vaping, we support tobacco harm reduction, the FDA has gone too far in banning these flavors, too much government overreach, we need to let small vape businesses thrive and contribute to our economy, and we need to let smokers choose a less harmful option. Joe Biden is president. That's what I will do. Could you imagine something like that happening? Could you imagine? He would instantly have at least the support of millions more voters, millions more voters across the United States. Millions of more voters. <sighs> Shit, now where did I leave off? Ah, uh, these people were very vocal about the products and just wanted to be left alone. Senator Ron Johnson got it in Wisconsin that year. He read about the issue in the Wall Street Journal and met with some consumers and businesses. He viewed it like the right to try issue. He became vocal. Not a single poll showed him winning. Not one. He won by 100,000 votes. Why? 268,000 adult vapors in Wisconsin. We argued that Hillary Clinton would do nothing to overturn or undo the prohibition set in motion by Obama if elected. We got a lot of press on this in publications all over. Washington Post, Vice, New York Post, state papers everywhere, was newest addition to the GOP coalition. With Trump, we knew we'd get regulatory relief, and we did. His first FDA commissioner delayed the prohibition deadline for all of these companies by postponing when they had to submit applications seeking approval to remain on the market. Initially, it was big. What has happened since 2018 in terms of a 180 from Trump's FDA is nothing short of catastrophic, reckless form of public health, is nothing short of catastrophic recklessness from a public health perspective. It has been big government, fake science, fake news, stupidity for months, and vapors are pissed, as they should be. But then it got worse. On 9-11-19, when Trump announced he supported a ban on the products that an overwhelming number of these millions of adults used to reduce their cigarette use, vapors started getting active and speaking out. I put some of this in writing to my understanding that the message of the politics had been received. These people have been lied to in terms of risks of their products by the government and they're fed up. Trump is better than this on all fronts. This remains an issue that could cost Trump the presidency. People like Azar don't get it because he's a regulatory swamp guy. He doesn't know vapors and he doesn't care about tobacco harm reduction. He has to go. There are millions of these people and we know they vote the end. There are millions of us and we vote the end. If you want to read this thread, if you want to share it around, I'll post a link down in the description to where you can check it out. Let me post the link right here in the chat right there. Boosh, if you want to check it out. Now, again, Paul Blair's not one of those guys I absolutely agree with, but I find his story of being a non-smoking, non-vaping, just tax reform guy suddenly thrust into the world of vaping, attending ECC. I'm assuming that was in 2014. 
because ECC 2014 was the only time I remember little people, the standard e-liquid had a bunch of little people in bright orange t-shirts with t-shirt cannons shooting t-shirts into the crowd. He was there. I was there. I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating. People still talking about masks in the chat. Let me wrap up this uh, with a couple super chats that went a little bit more longer. A little bit more longer? <laughs> went a little bit longer than I thought. Hey, Nick, been watching you. Thank you, The Indoors. Uh, Chinese Jimmy M. Gray deleted. Deleted that message. All right, M. Gray. I can't go back and see your message. All right, I'm sorry. Well, thank you for the uh, super chat. Nick, somehow... Decord Niachrome alien wire dripping over my phone and deleted someone's super chat. I feel terrible and I don't know who it was. I'm sorry. It was M. Gray, British eyes. You deleted M. Gray's super chat. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. Politics is messy. You're right. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Ah, we're pissed off. I'm pissed off. We're all pissed off, right? We deal with shit like this Stanford study. We deal with shit like uh, Secretary Azar promising, promising. Now we know what a promise from Secretary Azar is worth. Promising a streamlined PMTA process for small businesses that, oops, what date is it? Yeah, we're just a few weeks away from the PMTA deadline. Oops. Sorry, that sucks. Oops. Just a few weeks away from the PMTA deadline, and guess what? No streamlined process. No streamlined process. Trump delayed the uh, PMTA and then turned around and wanted to ban all the flavors because Melania said so. We got Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, who also are staunch prohibitionists on vaping. All we want to do is not smoke cigarettes, and all we want to do is get as many people as we can to not smoke cigarettes. That's all this comes down to. Uh, I did have an update on uh, You Don't Know Nicotine. I don't know where it went. I'll share it in the vlog, okay? I'll share it in the vlog. Um, I'm gonna try to get Zoom working here on this uh, computer because we're gonna have someone from the AVA on to talk about the, uh, the rally that's coming up in September, September 5th rally, we're going to have someone from the AVA here on Thursday. We're going to ha- we're going to discuss that this Thursday in the vlog. I think it's just going to be a whole mess of vape mail. Of course, I'm going to have beer. I'm going to try to squeeze a liquid tasting in there, but I have a feeling it's just going to be a whole mess, whole mess of mail. So let's go. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this Tuesday, bro. Tuesday up. You guys, you know what? Uh, thank you. Seriously. So much for watching. Was I all over the place today? Technically, yes, but vaping. <laughs> oh, this is the is full thing. Let's just watch than it. Smoking. Technically, yes, but so what? So what? Cuomo says, "Will vaping help smokers quit?" Technically, yes, but so what? Anyway, um, thank you guys. Seriously, so much for coming out. I'll have links down in the description to everything that we talked about. We're going to try to have Michelle Minton on again next week. If not to discuss this Stanford study yet again, do a little bit more of a deep dive into it. 
maybe just to pick Michelle Mitten's brain just a little bit about uh, the world of tobacco, tobacco control, tobacco harm reduction. I'm already looking forward to it. I'm gonna do my damnedest, like I said, to get Zoom working so we can have a gentleman on from uh, from the AVA this Thursday, but uh, that's where I'll leave this. Thank you guys so much for watching. Remember, no matter what anybody tells you, vaping is at least, still, at least 95% less harmful for you than burning combustible tobacco cigarettes. So yeah, you guys, let's keep on vaping. Be excellent to each other. Peace. <laughs>